Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. John? This is episode 59. Let's do it. I definitely messed it up again, but that's fine because it was done. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm looking at tech under the hood. How far? Right under the hood. Really under the hood. I'm really under the hood. Extremely under the hood. We're just going to talk about JavaScript, actually. Like, that's it. What's the weather like? It's gray. It's the same every time here. I uh, why do I live here? No, it's 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 warming up. It's that time of year, man. It's blue skies over the weekend. It was lovely. I spent the weekend having the beers, which is Dutch for small beers. How are you? Uh good. It's um, President's Day here. Ooh. I'm not entirely sure what that holiday's for, and well, <laughs> it's beautiful outside. Oh, when we're doing this. Well, the good news is today's a short one. Because Owen has to go to a meeting at the end. So, should we talk about tractor hacking? Because I just wanted to mention it because it's crazy. So, Vice released this documentary. I think it was over Christmas. And it's about these farmers. I think it's in Utah. And they're talking about, like, they have these John Deere tractors. And they're, you know, these are serious pieces of equipment. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? It's just like a combine harvester. Like, they have a tractor that pulls a combine harvester, for example. You'd buy that. (laughs) And over the years, like, tractor chat. But over the years, you buy, like, accessories for your tractor and shit. Um, And, like, the kind of common thing on a farm is, I feel like I'm mansplaining farms. Um, Basically... Farmers need to fix their tractors, right? And they tend to do it themselves because it's cheaper that way and it means that they don't have to take it to the place because it's unwieldy. And you might have heard about this already as well, John, this whole like right to repair thing that's going on. Um, John Deere tractors have DRM on them. <laughs> it's like digital right management stuff. And so these these farmers actually can't fix them themselves or the tractors don't run anymore. So like it has this thing that if you buy secondhand parts that aren't registered to your tractor they don't work i'm more of a massey ferguson kind of tractor guy myself i'm I not, see, I'm I not see. particularly fond of john Deere. well i mean i grew up i grew up on a farm really so i just mansplained farms i mean i grew up in in a very very rural right. village in scotland so it was all farms around us and yeah massey ferguson and john deere they have big tractors and everything you just said is true so i guess this all came about because now the tractors can map your field. Like, yeah, I bet they can do cool things. I bet they're really nice inside now. Yeah, so that's the that's the interesting thing about the documentary is they are really cool. Uh, and the technology is pretty interesting. Um, but the farmers see the complexity added by it and how often they break. And it's kind of untenable because... John Deere says that the farmers actually don't own the rights to the tractor. So they're not allowed... <laughs> this is where it gets wild, man. I, I, I just like... They, if something goes wrong, they have to take it to an authorized reseller. The software won't give them access to it unless they have like, I don't know, uh, the keys. But I think it's like a John Deere admin login, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so if something goes wrong, you actually can't get the diagnostics out of it. The tractor won't respond to you. It won't like... It won't take new parts that aren't registered to that device. It won't do... All of those different things. And they give this crazy example of, um, you know, like those satellite downlink um, kind of things because they all have this 
technology for mapping and monitoring and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they're mass, they're millimeter accurate. Yeah, exactly. And the guy, the guy's like, well, it crapped out and it's $10,000 to replace this. So I bought another one on eBay. It's like the exact same model, but because that tractor isn't like registered in the back end to that thing, he can't like swap it. And it's just, it's super interesting because it's it's this crazy clash between the modern, you know, we replace our iPhones every year and like this this shit where these guys don't really want this, right? <laughs> um, but they can't buy anything that's not built in such a manner because for John Deere and all of these companies, I imagine, you know, it's logical to, I was going to say, digitize their products. But this is, I mean, you see this in everything, right? You, it's very difficult to get not smart things anymore isn't that how teslas are now that that you don't own the software in the car you just have they grant you a license to use it Mm -hmm, or something mm -hmm. which creates problems right like the because you basically assume because you own the thing that you can you know do whatever with it beyond there but if you're locked out by the software the device itself is useless all of this is interesting because it's, it's actually kind of ground zero for the um right to repair fight in the u.s because these tractors there's two things going on. One, these people are going to, you know, Kazakhstanian hackers to get cracked freaking tractor software. You have to watch it. It's crazy. They get like cracked tractor firmware and load it on. <laughs> they jailbreak their they tractors. Jailbreak their tractors. It's glorious. But they're also um, banding together and uh, suing John Deere, which is interesting because it's, it's something, I think it's something that, I think that I, I don't necessarily um, disagree with the stance that, you know, they should own the software, but I think the state that the software is in when you sell it, you should have the rights to do things with that. And I don't know if that's necessarily like, here's the source code, but it's maybe here's the API for diagnostics. Good luck. You know, like, well, I'll make you a deal. You can hack, you can do whatever you want to your tractor, but if you <laughs> do it, it's out of warranty. Exactly. And I think that's fine. And that's what these people are saying is these tractors are, you know, they're three years out of warranty. And then you have to go to John Deere and pay a thousand dollars to put it on the truck because it can't drive anymore and they won't pick it up. You have to go to the authorized person with the password and so on and so on. Yeah, as long as you're comfortable voiding your warranty. Yeah, who exactly. But um, it's it is it's what's fascinating about it. And I, again, I encourage you to watch it. I'll put it in the show notes. They they talk to these people, um, and they're suing they're suing John Deere right now. A lot of these farmers from across America are doing it. But what's happening is big tech is waiting in. So like Apple is siding with John Deere and so is AT&T and there's one other one I forgot because the implications of it mean that uh, because you have the same problem with the iPhone technically you're not technically allowed to repair it yourself right if you look at um, I mean Touch ID is a one of the ones that I'm happy to give an exclusion for because it's you know it's the secure element but if you if you look at the way that that works if you replace that thing it, your phone like it won't work or it didn't for a long time so, until people figured it out but Apple really doesn't want you to have the right to do that because they think that they own what happens to your device and the john deere thing sets a precedent in utah for this because so the farmers are basically arguing that they should have the rights to get the diagnostic stuff and if they if they get that i think it was apple as well as at&t were basically like well we won't sell our stuff there anymore because can you imagine how much they would have to reveal if they had to give up those tools i, I can't even mm-hmm. i can't even think it's like this very untenable weird situation like I agree. You should be able to do whatever the shit you want with it once it's sold. But there's also that middle ground. I don't know. Maybe it should be car size and up. I don't know. You have the rights to... Because it's such a long-term device. Whereas you have a phone, it's a bit more disposable. 
you know, it's it's a, it's a weird, like, tenuous time because it's so wasteful. I, I don't know. I wanted to bring it up because it was just super fascinating. I watched it a couple of times. I know they've been working on it for a long time. And the, the lawsuit goes through this year. The, the trial is coming up soon, I think. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit interesting. I don't know. I, I, like, I really, I think that if you can fix something to make it last longer, I think it's an important right. That's basically my take. Yeah, I agree. Imagine you couldn't fix your toaster. Yeah, exactly. And I, I absolutely would try and then probably fail and buy another one. Like that's what these companies maybe don't realize. You know, I might crack open my iPhone to try and fix it and then ruin it and buy one anyway. It's it's they have incentive definitely as corporations not to allow that, but it is kind of horrible at the same time. I think there needs to be limitations on it. Europe won't stand for this. Pivoting away from that stuff. Uh, John Deere, John's take, by the way, is just done by John Deere. Um. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense that John Deere wouldn't want people right. messing with things. And these are huge, complex machines. But I also think if you buy it and it's out of warranty, then... Yeah, do what you want. Yeah. I don't know, though. I also... Well, I, I don't think people should be like SSH aging into their tractor and stuff really <laughs> but, I, but i think like it, but it seems crazy that you can like basically the day it comes out of warranty you should be able to go buy any like you know a second hand one off ebay and plug in what was there before you owned a car before right that's a very random question but um yeah <laughs> sorry I, was just, I don't know if this guy owned a car but um when you used to get like a toyota corolla it would come with this crazy ass manual which included all of the wiring in the car because you mm-hmm. assume that you would own it for years to come and it kind of makes me think the same thing and i don't think that i don't i don't think that you should be having the wiring diagram of an iphone but i think there is a line where you're like okay well this is I do not plan to replace my tractor very often. I don't plan, I hope, to buy a new toaster or kettle or what, any any of those things. I don't know. I'm not saying give me a wire diagram for those things, but I am saying that they should be made to last and you should be able to get access to some information when it's a giant thing. Okay. Tell me about Bitcoin. Oh, it went down quite a bit. A lot, right? Do you, f- first of all, did you buy any Bitcoin yet? I'm going to ask you this every time. I did not, but my doctor did. <laughs> oh, like. A lot of it, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth at, um, I think, $16, uh, $16,000 a coin. Oh, so at the highest. Because it went down to, I'm just looking, 6800 at the lowest in the space of a I few know, days. it was so funny. I had a lot of people messaging me, should I sell it? Should I sell it? And I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't buy any of this stuff. <laughs> I saw my doctor in December. Mm-hmm. He just loaded up and then... He was like, he was super, he was like, it was like mid-December and he was super hyped out on this thing. He just bought like a hundred, couple hundred K worth. And he's like, some analysts say it's going to get to a hundred thousand dollars and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, homie, please. I do not think that you're this like, I mean, yeah, Bitcoin is, I find it incredibly annoying. Mm, I just, I'm just, uh, John. I feel like we're just going to go over and over on this one, but I just think that it's just not the thing. And it, like, we're going to have to keep saying it's not the thing for a long time until it's eventually not the thing. You know what I mean? It's like one of those ca- technologies, as we've said a hundred times, the Bitcoin uh, blockchain is interesting. I think that the interesting thing about all of this is there's so much talk of decentralization. And there was this whole like post from Andres and Horowitz yesterday. I'm just like, not, I, I, I see why decentralization is interesting. And it's only because it, 
let crazy things happen at scale back in the wild west you know what i mean um and this feels like a shitty hack <laughs> don't know how to explain it so apparently the new thing is that um a lot of the new exchanges are going to be a lot more lightweight or something like that and so it's going to speed up transaction times and the people are proposing effect effectively what become some larger centralized clearing houses to speed things up but and so you would be on a network on top of the network oh you know? my god something like that i just i just don't see yeah there would be like a intermediary sitting on top i mean i guess that's what there already is with coinbase and stuff i find it i just find it struggle i struggle to see still like now at this point where where we're going with this um and i mean you know it's been many years and i think we've talked about like it's a value store but i just just don't it's just nothing's like happening right now yeah that's the only thing that i really can agree to as well as that it's a fine enough store of some value i guess but how about this let's get an expert on here do you know somebody not now but like next time do you know somebody who's like thirsty on the coins I do. We should have somebody on here to convince us. Do that next episode rather than just moaning at each other about how we don't get it. I love it. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, I think the crash was fascinating just because uh, what came out of the work was the so many people had spent a lot of money that they didn't have available, if that makes sense. I, like, I saw so much stuff on Twitter that was, I bought Bitcoin at $12,000 and now I can't pay rent. And I'm thinking like, really? I mean, with all investing, you should only invest what you have you know to lose and it, the whole hodl meme i think is really toxic actually for most of this uh, you know the hodl thing where it's like oh it's always going to go up we're going to hodl it's, it's i think the perpetuated myth is that bitcoin can go up forever and it's just not how it works right i mean <laughs> at the end of the day well it can go up forever because it's a deflationary it's a deflationary inherently deflationary um asset class but you can only it only has value where you can find value there's only liquidity where you can find liquidity there's only a market if the market says there's a market so that's all that really matters we'll see i mean it's picked up and it's a nice resistance there at nine thousand. yeah i mean exactly us maybe so. this is it okay way more settled since we last talked which is wild i literally feel like we oh talked yesterday gosh. because i edited the podcast really late but we haven't talked in weeks. Um, Waymo settled after, okay, first of all, <laughs> it was the craziest week of, I don't even know how to describe it. It was four days of trial that we got. So it was like open court trial. They had Travis on the stand. They had a bunch of former employees. Yeah, did you not see the Travis stuff? It was wild. They basically got to grill Travis and this guy doesn't give shit anymore, right? He's just like, whatever. And they just spent the whole time bickering, the whole week even, bickering over the definition of words and like what trade secrets are and what this and that are. And the biggest problem with the trial was um, the amount of random stuff that was being aired out, right? I mean, you were starting to see company emails. You were starting to see like, it, there was Travis's texts and some of the original stuff. And then on the Friday, I woke up and it was uh, everywhere. Suddenly, Waymo and Uber have settled. And a settlement like that, mid-early week trial, almost never happens in a big trial like this, right? As far as I can tell, it was unprecedented just because it was four days of trials and boom, done. 200 million? 250. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, I mean, it's not a lot, a lot for Google, uh, you know, but... I don't know how Uber is. It must be really <laughs> nine spend billion. A lot of, spend a lot of money. Got nine billion days. in the bank. Don't worry. I think they also had to um, apologize. Yeah. So the right? biggest, the biggest thing for it was most of it 
really came down to just these crazy practices of this guy, right? I mean, most of it, he, he was at fault. And a lot of the accusations were actually for him and he got fired. And that, you know, it was kind of very, it was very tenuous at that point because then it was really mostly around the software. The trade secrets part wasn't really relevant anymore to them. And the other problem is that Google invested heavily in Uber. So it had a motivation to not sue them for a long time because <laughs> they were basically going to like hemorrhage both sides and not, not solve anything. Waymo ride sharing is coming out. I think this month. Yeah. I saw and that today. So like Uber competitor app and also you can carpool in really ways now. Right. Waymo ride sharing must be pretty intense because they have the actual cars, right? That is the a hundred percent autonomous. Um, Did they say where it is, where it is being tested yet? Yeah, it's, it is actively being tested and has been for some time in Arizona. Okay, so it's probably going to open up. Yeah, so it's going to definitely be in areas where there's no snow and stuff right. like that first, I think. Oh, yeah, the complicated um, weather things. But also some, summer is coming, so they've got a good, they've got summer. But my understanding is that basically we're like into the last hurdle of bringing this stuff to into market so we'll see what what happens in the next year and a half it's it's fine it seems like it works great in predictable conditions <laughs> that's pretty much it so far there's a lot of talk of autonomous aerial right shuttle and vehicle services right now a lot of money being put mm, into it. it solves a lot of the uh object problems i know it's also probably faster and just generally faster right because you can go straight mm. lines but I don't have a good sense of how far all of the components, like I've seen what appear to be relatively okay, like small production MVPs that like still aren't really that great. So I feel like that to me feels Mm -hmm. like it's still three years away from being something that you could like probably go try somewhere. Right. Because I thought this would be more... Um, so autonomous vehicles were like crazy when they announced them, right? I remember the Waymo thing when Google, it was still in Google and they announced this. Oh my God, this is real. Now it seems like we're in a phase where it's definitely real-ish, but it's not good enough to be super exciting yet. Like people are talking about it. Did you see Intel's new glass, smart glasses, by the way? Total pivot. Love it. Amazing. The Intel Vaunt. It's it's incredible, man. They're cool. I totally nailed that technology coming down the pipe, though. Like you did nail that. That you, I think you've predicted this a lot. Lasers and glasses or wearables. It's fascinating. The well, you do you want to say what it is? I mean, it's it's holograms not, are coming. Yeah, but holograms in a hacked hackable way, like so much easier than the other ways that we'd come up with so far. Like this solves Hololens. Yeah, it's so. It's just basically. Instead of trying to build a screen in front of the eye that you look at, you just project the light into the eye. It's actually it's like shine it right on in. <laughs> just shine it right into the eye. Just laser, laser onto the optic nerve. That's my favorite uh, thing about it is it's everybody's reaction to this seems to, so. Yeah, it's Intel. Intel acquired a company called Vaunt, I think, a while ago, right? And they make these glasses. They're literally everybody I imagine right now is visualizing in their head Google Glass, but Don't Intel is very that. careful about that they've said the whole time like please don't think of it as that and i think the yeah like you said it's got the the laser it pairs with a phone the battery life is allegedly wild so and the reason they're interesting is because it shines straight into shines straight into your eye 
it doesn't go like directly in your peripheral like the Google Glass. It's kind of down. And I was listening to the podcast about how he, how it feels to wear that, right? Because Google Glass was that annoying thing that was kind of like in front of, in front of your face. Mm-hmm. With this, it doesn't even appear unless you look in a specific area of your vision. Like you don't have to make an action or anything, but it, it won't distract you from what you're doing unless you look there. Which is amazing. So what I read is if they've actually nailed what I read that they say they've nailed, it's pretty cool. They basically say your eye filters out so much Mm -hmm. information that for the most part, they can make, even though they're still shining something in your eye, they Mm -hmm. can make your eye ignore it until they change the information in your field of view, at which point your brain like turns back onto that area again. Exactly. And then your eyes just sort of automatically drawn there by it. Sounds pretty cool. And it's not meant for, I don't think it's like my, my sense was that it wasn't like hyper high resolution, like augmented reality across your whole field of vision, but more Mm -hmm. just imagining like some new notification symbols and like you've got a new um message or uh, navigation type stuff like turn left now turn right now but it's not like google glass in that sense because it doesn't get in your way at all yeah and you definitely from looking at them we'd be hard pressed to tell that someone was wearing a smart glass exactly so the the few questions i had after that whole thing was mostly around what the the big, I mean, it's it's always the uh, this is the what the Verge folks said as well uh, on their podcast is they, you know, they're saying, well, this is all good and well unless Apple integrates with it, though it's kind of annoying because you can't read your iMessages on it or any of those things. And it was a interesting point um, because Intel also says that they don't really want notifications on these this device. It'll be very simple. It will have yeah, you might have a few notification types, but. Other than like, ironically, iMessage, which you probably will want, like that, that will be it. Uh, because I imagine this device, they have to be so careful about what pops up because it's in your eyes, right? <laughs> super, super bullshit if you're getting Candy Crush notifications right there. Like, hey, just come back, please. You got new hearts. Also, Intel saying that they didn't actually want to bring it to market themselves. They, uh, they don't. They just want to do the usual. Yeah, they want to be the platform. Yeah, well, it's it's you know what at this time around, I really I really believe them because Intel, if they do this alone, I really think they're not going to succeed. You know what I mean? Intel is not a fashionable company. They should buy Nokia. Oh yeah, because Nokia's dying again. But yeah, you're right. They need something that's because Nokia seems to have understood the health market really well and how to integrate those devices into people's lives, but not how to sell them. <laughs> I mean, if they could do if they could do Warbly Parker and Nokia and Intel as mm. a like menage a trois, that would be. Yeah, it's like you know what it makes me think is Intel. Every time the biggest time that I remember Intel last tried a watch, for example, was they did that Tag Tag Hewler one, and it was like twelve centimeters thick. I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> I don't know, but it was so thick. It was the most ridiculous watch I'd ever seen. And it's Intel needs somebody with taste, basically. I think they can build all of the cool shit. If they could did the glasses, I mean that's a platform right there they can really uh drive forward. But they need somebody I mean they need Apple, right? Like they need, they need the person who dresses it up to make it I don't think they need Apple. I think they need brawn and that's why yeah, I said I they should do um they should do Nokia. 
because Nokia is the new Braun. Yeah, their new stuff is like what they're working on at the moment. Um, they're just getting back weird and cool. I don't know. I love it. It's very simple. If I wasn't in the Apple ecosystem so heavily, yeah, I would be buying a Nokia smartwatch. Yeah, I have one. You do? Yeah, I wear the. So I. Oh, I don't guess. I guess I didn't mention this on here. I bought the. I got the Steel HR, um, which is the you know the beautiful. It's so it's like the. Basically, yeah, the same which feature set as the Beautiful. Apple Watch, but it's got uh, you know a traditional display. Like it's not a display; it's just a watch. And I, I bought it because like you can't use uh, Apple Watch with an Android device. And I was curious about it. It's crazy. Thirty days of battery life, and I still get all the same data. It's just it's awesome. I, I actually really like it. And nobody knows you're wearing a nerd watch. That helps. <laughs> but it's it's actually a really really great device. But they're actually in trouble again. So there's a good chance here that. Intel could acquire them again. Man, the thing is, this is the problem. It's okay to compete in smart wearables, mm. but don't, you know, doing a watch is dangerous for sure. Oh, and it's it's a time-consuming task. Like, you're going to spend a lot of time and money on it. There are other products. If I had, like, kids and stuff, mm. I would definitely the, be buying the scales their... Look great. Oh, yeah. Actually, I might buy their sleep tracker. I just went to their... Yeah, that's the one. Buy it, you know? It's not out yet. That one's really, really cool. But that's that's why I like the Nokia shit is the all of those devices. So I used the Apple Watch for a long time and I miss it all the time still because it was almost really good, but it got in the way all the time. It was just like super clumsy and like the charging and stuff. And so with Nokia's stuff, you kind of set it up and you just use it. It's not it's you don't have to think of it as smart. It's just doing it the whole time. Right. And I think that's what you're alluding to here is just getting out of the way and looking nice. And I think that is quite important. That would be pretty cool. Unfortunately, Nokia doesn't have a lot of money. They're trying to sell that division. That's why I say this. Um, but there's pl- I think there's plenty of suitors out there right now. Okay. Buy, buy the scales and buy the sleep thing and then talk to me about it. They, by the way, they have the best app out of anybody. It's beautiful. I, re- I really, really dig all yeah. of this. And the fact, like, dude, I've had it since January and I've, I have not charged it yet. Like, it's wild. It's a watch. Okay. That's me selling you on my smartwatch. It actually does work with iOS pretty well, by the way. It just doesn't have iMessage, but it's a normal watch anyway, so worth considering. I definitely am. I'm like big into them. I I don't really, yeah, I don't have a scale, need for a scale or a thermometer, but if I did, I'd buy them. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, I think if you're replacing a scale or if you're in the market for it, why not buy this thing? It works. It syncs without being like internet of shit. Um, Well, let's talk about something else here because... It's very exciting. Well, I just want you to buy that stuff. Um, I'm like, honestly, big fan. I've really enjoyed the watch so far. I will, I'll like write about it or something. I, I really, and the new stuff, the rose gold one, mm, it's really nice. Okay. So SpaceX, we should talk about that for a second because I don't even know if there's anything to say except holy shit. You know what I was thinking when you were um, talking about um, John Deere and Massey Ferguson? Ooh, what's that? Tesla should build a tractor. Yeah, Tesla tractor. I guess they could. It would have crazy torque, right? Well, I just think if they have all this good self-driving tech and they're working on truck driver stuff, why don't they work on mm-hmm. tractor stuff? It's like almost the same stuff. Interesting. I wonder if they'll come out with buses. I bet they will. Well, a Tesla bus would be pretty cool. I think they're going to come out with a lot of different modalities. I'm pretty sure that Tesla's going to become 
Tesla's going to just become an app and there's going to be a bunch of modality that you access through the app. Um, yeah, I guess. mean, that's why they have the emphasis on the Tesla network and like all of these things that do not exist yet. Did you see Ford CES announcements? No. What did they announce? The Ford Cloud. Oh, yeah. You mentioned it last time, but I love it still nonetheless. Okay. SpaceX, craziest shit ever. Did you watch this shit live? The Falcon Heavy launch? No. You didn't watch Falcon Heavy? Oh my God. I, haven't even, I still haven't even watched it. Oh my God. It's literally probably the best four minutes of, you can even watch the supercut for one minute of TV you'll see in a long time, dude. It was, I like rocket launches. I am definitely a nerd, but this was crazy just because it was, it looked easy. They really, they launched the biggest, sorry, the a rocket with the biggest payload capacity since the 1960s and nailed it the first time and landed two out of three boosters like that's pretty impressive nailed it and they put a car into space so there's that but it was it was i was screaming at the tv man because we all expected it to blow up i didn't expect it to blow up that's why i didn't bother watching it even elon musk did like the day before he's like this these 30 things are going to happen we just don't know which one and then if you watch the behind the scenes you can see that he's like not planning to be outside to watch it because he expected it to blow up but he like gaps it from launch control the moment that it gets off the ground it's crazy it was it was it felt it felt uh cool to watch i don't know this is it was so funny because i went into the office and everyone like i like walked in and we have like an open space and i went stood at my desk and everyone was kind of looked at me and then i think eric our head of eng said did you watch the falcon x launch and i was like no and Julie was like, "Oh my god, what?" And then Chris turned around, and Chris John. was like, "Why didn't you watch it?" And I was like, "And I literally said, tell me when he's built the huge, big one that puts like the space hotel that puts people in space, and I'll watch that one." But I don't. It's- sure, but this was this is the rocket that can take humans. But then I also heard that someone was saying that two undisclosed rich folks have paid some inordinate sum of money to Elon Musk to go uh into space around the moon and back this summer this summer i find that hard to believe but please do it have you read this no Rich. tell me more person space x moon seems like a good search oh, yeah here we go <laughs> spacex to send two people around the moon for a 2018 private mission wow then Shit's about to get real. Honestly, I watched the space thing. We all watched it at home. It felt it proper. Felt proper uh, futuristic. I'm sad you missed it. You should watch the video. It felt. It felt like how I imagined. At least it felt to watch the space shuttle being tested or something. I don't know because it did look effortless and it was a big deal. And they were all not sure. And then they landed the boosters and it was just this crazy. I mean, I didn't ever think I'd see a launch like that. And hey, it was the private sector in the end that did it. I promise you, it's like. If, if you're listening and you didn't watch it, just go and watch it. It's just like, delete this tab and just do it. It's it's really, really good. Big fan. It's not always, but I mean, you told me like the, the what's it, what was the words that you use? Uh, the flamethrowers are just part of the, uh, the equation or something like that. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Tell me about your HomePod, John. Last time we talked, you didn't get it yet. I do have it. I've only opened one of them. So tell me about it. Why why is it still in the box? And what do you think? What's your take? <sighs> Sounds good. I've been dreading this. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this are you, are you about to eat some humble pie? But like, tell me about it. 
I, I will I would reserve judgment on this because I've read both sides. So I the home pod is unusable and you should not buy one. What unusable? Wow. That's high. High bar. Why? What is wrong with it? It is completely unusable. Like will you send the other one back kind of unusable or just like annoying to use? Basically unusable, unusable. Wow. I'm surprised actually. Like I figured it would kind of work. No. It's really in bad shape. The software oh, is absolutely junk. Right. So the device is fine, but it's just, well, I mean, the, it's the sum of its parts, right? You don't have any other way to interact with that thing. If I was just going to buy a speaker, yeah. I would have just bought a speaker. I wanted to buy a home. Right. You wanted a smart speaker, <laughs> right? Um, but what doesn't it do well? Well, everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> start with music. Let's start with music. Airplay. Okay. So music is, okay. So Music is fine in terms of... <laughs> it's not what you want to say about a $350 thing. <laughs> play. No, like, so it sounds good. Sure. I will, like, yeah. I will say it right. sounds very, yeah. very, very... It's made for. It sounds, as, as, a, as, as a speaker, I bet it sounds better than any other speaker in its class for that mm-hmm. price, I would imagine. And then probably even competes well in the price points above it. It's clean it's not very throaty bass but it's got a really nice clean bass it definitely does have some cool stuff going on with the um the way that it moves the sound around the speaker um, and detects how close the objects around the speaker are i can tell that if i move something closer to so it's a it's obviously circular right so if i move something close to what you would call, I guess, make mm-hmm. a corner, like a piece of paper close to it. Right. You can hear it move the highs to there uh, and push the lows back right, out right. to where it has more more space it to resonate. It so the table to do it as well, which is amazing. Apparently, if you put it on carpet, it, it sounds terrible. Off everything. Yeah, I have mine in a pretty har- acoustically yeah. picked spot, and it uh, does okay. Um, unfortunately... The native iOS controls um, lag to the point of like pure frustration. Wow. Uh, if I tell it to play the next song and then I just stare at it and w- as it's currently like it's playing, thinking about it, or uh, it just has like somehow is still s- s- beaming the command through space from my my control center to the to the home pod or something. I don't know, but. Um, and then sometimes just the native controls for audio on iOS just don't respond at all. Oh, what? And you have to actually go into the app to change the oh, song. Jesus. So for example, sometimes SoundCloud, I'll be like, I'll hit next on my phone and the HomePod just won't next. Or even more frustratingly, I'll hit pause because I'm trying to talk or take a call or whatever. Wow. And then it won't pause and then I have to open up soundcloud and pause it and it's very annoying additionally you cannot use it to watch movies well yeah too much latency over yeah over airplay you don't have a direct uh there's like you don't have a source in right well yeah but stoves i mean the the technology what the hell you sold me a speaker that i literally can't use to watch a movie i know that's crazy i'm surprised that they didn't nail that it's hilarious how out of sync it gets and like sometimes it's out of sync and i can't even tell 
why it's like it just it's tricking me it's just out of sync for no reason no it's weird Mm -hmm. because then like i don't know it looks massively out of sync on my like say i'm on my projector i'll be projecting on my wall playing the home pod it looks massively out of sync and then i'll switch my audio source onto my laptop and it like the audio doesn't appear like it's just i don't know yeah it's awful crazy i don't know i have a thing i don't i presume there's no way for me to interface with it either which no. i was i wish i had like apps and stuff for like at least an app that like for some it reason seems bare bones right i don't know why well I th- every time i think oh i wish i had an app for this thing i think why the hell do i want an app for it there's nothing even if there was stuff to do so the licensing thing is a weird one because sonos okay well i i bang on that drum but while they it's a different product the play five um it has a a jack in right on the speaker i have two of those attached to my tv great speakers but it only has so i like plug the jack in on one side because i made i laughed about latency before but then i have them in a stereo pair and it's still not latent so it's not that well, hard and also bluetooth i mean it's i know i realize we're not using bluetooth yeah but bluetooth is totally fine well, i think it's like, because sonos makes its own wi-fi network whereas apple's just relying on your router right like this is weird like there's no direct relationship like you say there's no bluetooth um and because sonos isn't creating sonos makes its own wi-fi network that's why they're good like each thing has four mimo waivers. oh i will say though the pairing of the home pod to the iphone is one of the slickest interactions i've had with any device in my whole entire so life you're saying your speaker was awesome it was very good to pair it sucked beyond that it was honestly the really fun like to better pair. than the apple watch because i always loved that one how they did the crazy animation sync yeah way more fun than the oh, apple wow, watch crazy um okay so verdict what's the worst part and what's the best part because I, I have to... I mean, roll. the worst part is that it's such a disappointment. Right. And is it just because the software just isn't there? Is it? Yeah, it's like, like why... It's not done, right? Don't... It's, I mean... Owen, oh, it's just... It's like unconscionable to yeah. me that Apple would sell me a brand new product line category product mm. that is... St- just like I mean, the iPhone could always make phone calls. The first version that came out, it was a great phone. That's why it like won the category. It it always made phone calls a hundred percent of the time. Well, mm-hmm. the software was not fast and not like, but it was not glitchy. It was really good. This thing is it's awkwardly bad. Like it's. I'm more annoyed that they have like just. I mean, I just yeah. feel like it's I just a, it, really pissed. Like, me it, off. They should have just waited. Is like why did why did that's what I don't get. Is it was delayed, and then I mean we talked about this already, but like it just, must be losing market. They must share, be feeling you know? something because there was people. Well, because I you know I I think about it. I was my UE boom mega boom right. had gotten. I think I bought it when it first mm. came out and I think that must have been two years ago and it just died. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's about the lifespan for something like that. I think the price point was one seventy nine or one ninety nine. either way. Great speaker. And so I wanted a new speaker and I was either going to buy that. I wasn't going to buy a Sonos. I was maybe thinking about a B and O and then they announced the home pod. So then I just d- didn't buy anything and yeah. waited all, for months all the way since last year mm-hmm 
for, for paperweights. So and now, so they like if they hadn't announced it, I for sure would have bought something. Yeah, I would have bought. Something. So that's what it makes me wonder is if it's like what kind of what you said. It's it's not even so much market share as how much they might lose. It's like the ecosystem uh, temptation that comes from the other platforms. You know, it's I, I I actually owned it. I wrote something recently about how I ended up on Pixel only because I got a Google Home a year and a half before that and got curious about the rest. You know what I mean? I only started experimenting with it. No wonder if it's the same. Like because they didn't have a speaker, people went and bought other shit, and that's just a obvious gap, right? Like this is a bridge that they built across this weird ravine, but it's kind of a bridge with a hole in it. <laughs> it's, it's an unfinished bridge to stop people from buying something else, but it just made it worse. You know why I'm angry? I'm angry because in my head, I imagine Tim Cook or Steve Jobs sitting down for coffee with me and pulling this thing out of their bag and saying, John, I built you this thing <laughs> and you're going to love it. It's yeah. flawless. You're going to love it. It's so great. That was what yeah. I just dreamed of but it was happening not that at all. And I can't believe I want to kick an Apple product because it is so yeah. frustrating. And it's such a big one too. Like this was this was hyped. But you know what? It makes me this this really makes me think that there's nobody there who's willing to say no in a sense that that's what Steve Jobs was. Like Tim Cook probably doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? It seems like there's nobody there that says, oh, well, this is a bad idea. Why don't we just wait another year? Like, what was the, what's the rush? Putting this out, is it better? doesn't seem better to me. Um, in fact, I think they just gave Sonos a great window to validate their whole market. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite strange. I mean, if you go to the HomePod communities oh, forum, yeah. which is the only place to get support for yeah. HomePod right now, it is HomePod AirPlay Quit Working 13 replies. HomePod sometimes replies with silence. 42 replies. It's just beta software. Can't add HomePod to iPhone. Uh, I Volume control not responding on HomePod. HomePod mm. sleep timer not functioning. I've seen the same as well on Mac rumors. Like if you, if you go there and you read it, it's like people are saying, yeah, well, why did I buy this? I could have just bought a Play 5 and had music at least. Like this, this situation is annoying more than anything else. Um, it's. I, I want to ask you again in a month, and I'm going to set a reminder too because I'm curious if it can get better at all. Like, will they ship updates and a meaningful cadence for this? Because that's the next question, right? How much improvement will you get before WWDC, for example? Will they ship the multi-room? I don't know. Um, so let's like revisit it maybe in a month and see if you have warmed at all. I don't know. It seems disappointing. Send it back, John. Send it back. No, I won't send it back. I, why? Well, I, I do send it back. Here's why. Here's why. If they make a shit product. They need, like, they need to say no internally. I think that they are at the point where they just know they'll make money. I did. I did. There is a special, like, contact the HomePod team thing you can do. And so, and you can, like, leave an email and a phone number. So, so I, I wrote a long email and was like, look, WTF, mates. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll see if it gets better. That's, I, I want to know if it's a hobby or not. If you are, recomm- if you are thinking about getting a HomePod, I would highly not recommend yeah, I think, buying one right now. I think now. right now you're feeling what a lot of people who buy a new product category feel. Um, and it's that that's, Apple is definitely late to this market. They rushed it out. It's not done. A year from now, it might be great. We, and that is what we don't know right now is that 
if it's a hobby or a full-time project for them. A couple of my friends have HomePods too and say the exact same thing. That's software. Yeah, is I've very heard the same janky, thing as well. Very glitchy. Well, and the, the Apple Music thing just exacerbates the problem, right? Because there's nothing else. You're really like stuck with what you're seeing. Well, what and do you that's mean it. there's Apple Music thing? Well, there's no, there's no Spotify uh, native integration with this. So you shouldn't have to airplay it, right? If you had Apple Music, you might have less problems. But you can't natively play that on the speaker. I see. So this is, yes, this is all problems from... Airplay. <laughs> from, sound, yeah, from SoundCloud, Airplay, and... Uh, and that's because of the nature of the product on day one. And maybe as, as if they open up SiriKit at WWDC, which is what, in March or April usually? No, June. If they open up SiriKit and more stuff comes, maybe you won't think it's as bad because there's more yeah. things that you can do natively. But that's why I want to... They're shipping Airplay 2 in like a month or something like that, I heard. So. Well, that's what they keep saying, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see the latency is going to get a lot better when they ship that that's the big key part um especially because of the multi-room yeah uh, well yeah. that is very very it's very frustrating i if if the, yeah. it, but you know my friend brooke he was like don't worry about it like it's just software they'll fix it but mm. it's not about that it's like it's also not true it's not true i am can't believe how unresponsive but here's i'm done i'm done here's the thing apple will take a year to ship that improvement that's like that's why maybe why it's most infuriating is like you have to sit with it until then okay i should go thank you for your opinion let's argue it out in slack i think there's a few other people in slack that have them so let's let's talk about it when it drops uh show notes at chargepodcast.com otherwise say hi at hi at chargepodcast we didn't get any emails for a while hi at chargepodcast.com so please email us john and i said um but otherwise john thank you it was nice to talk. By Biscus Owen. By Biscus, HomePod John. Sad HomePod John. <laughs> By Biscus. Sad HomePod John. Goodbye.